You're listening to Content Alchemy, the podcast where digital media producers meet to talk about the digital content that speaks directly to the listening of your audience and raving fans. I'm your host, Mark Horn. Let's get this conversation started. Well, folks, the clock on the clubhouse wall says it's time for another episode of Content Alchemy, the podcast created for digital media producers. And hey, you know what? I'm running a day late. Had a little downtime with a bug here the last couple of days, and everything's running a day late this week. But grateful to be feeling good enough to get this podcast done, to get this out there, because we've got a great topic to cover today. It's one that I know you're going to be excited about because we're going to get intimate. And, you know, that's kind of a giveaway. You saw the title of the post. This is called Email Intimacy. And that's really what it's about. Because email is one of those things that is digital content. It's actually digital ink. And it's one of the strongest, most versatile communication and marketing tools that you can use in your business, whether you're just starting in business or whether you've been in business for a while. Email is one of those things that you can leverage as a strategy with digital content. It becomes digital content because it's a digital delivered medium. The The delivery mechanism is an email and it contains your content. It contains your written word. It can contain, heck, it can even, you can send videos by email. You can send images by email, all of those different kind of things. So it's a container and it's been around a long, long time. Email is one of those things I think was first really uh, more commercially viable around the uh, early 90s, but it goes back into the 60s as far as the development and the creation of email. And I kind of wonder what email might have looked like back then. Uh, you know, maybe a, a simple texting program that a computer could talk to another computer or whatever it may be. But that that's not really not what we're talking about here. I want to get into the intimacy of email. And I really want to start that by asking you to answer a question for yourself. And that is, what is is your definition of content. You know, that's all we talk about on Content Alchemy, the podcast, and it's all that I usually talk about on Digital Content Alchemy is content. So what's your definition of content? It's a simple question. It's deceptively simple because, you know, it's become something of a question that I ask any time that I'm talking with a prospect or a client about content. Uh, and it came around that way because a little over three years ago, I ran a modestly successful uh, business that helped offline business owners set up their online presence uh, for their brick and mortar for their offline businesses. And, you know, there were specific strategies to develop, and it was very exciting working with these business owners, helping them take their offline businesses into the online world. And so were there, there were things to develop. There were websites to be built. There were forums to be put up for certain business owners. There were just different things. There were, there were such a variety of things. There were tactics to execute, of course, uh, and there were objectives to accomplish and de- 
details to handle. And I'm grateful that I had a, a small team of professionals who helped me take care of putting those moving parts in place for these business owners. And these were professionals I partnered with and contracted with who helped build the websites, do the design work, do those kinds of things and get everything taken care of and get everything handled for the client. And the clients were happy. And you know what? My team, we were making a little bit of money and the business was growing and all was well until the word content became more than just a word. And that's kind of why I started out asking you that question. What What's your definition of content? You know, content, after all is said and done, it's really what fuels and runs the well-oiled machine of the internet as well as your website especially if it's a robust blogging type platform and that's what we were building for these clients a few years ago is putting them into a wordpress blogging platform a content management system and that's kind of into industry jargon you might hear somebody talk about cms or something like that and in this case it stands for a content management system and that's really a lot of times what's used to describe a blog or a website and what it's actually for because that's what you use it for. It's a place where you manage your digital content. Now, the interesting thing was is we were building these spaces online for the business owners. And I was talking with them about content, and it was getting a lot of, of nods in the affirmative. Everybody was shaking their head, yes, oh, the, yeah. They understood what content was. They understood all of these wonderful things about content and what it was and what was required, and that that was really what was going to fuel their website and really help them to coordinate their offline business with their online business because they were in a perfect position. They could use content that they'd already created for their offline business and just translate that or, or transition that or repurpose that to the online environment. For a lot of the owners, they were committed to really getting going and getting and supplying some great content for their site. And what I mean by content is what's in the package, okay? It's not the mechanism of the video. It's what's being delivered in the video. The video is the box. Look at it that way. And the content is what you see in the video. Just like an audio, you're listening to this podcast. The podcast is the package. The audio player is the package. The delivery mechanism, that's part of the packaging. But the content are the, it's the spoken word. It's what I'm saying to you. Now, for some reason, the owners had committed really early on to taking care of content. And many of them did it just from a budget standpoint because having content created for you can be one of the most expensive investments that you can make in business. Now, and, and there's pros to that, and there's some definite downsides to it. But really, for me, there were more upsides, and I enjoyed the fact that they were involved and wanted to create their own content, or at least early on they did. They were ready to go, and they jumped in and they started, or they had somebody who was working with them in their business who was able to do that. Uh, so... What would happen was that we were taking care of the sites for them. We were posting things. We were making sure all the moving parts were doing what they should be doing. And it didn't take a long, very long before that drip of content, that, that flow of content from the business owner slowed down. 
you know, it got less and less to the point where they stopped creating new content and there wasn't anything new to put on their sites to help them maintain what they were building and growing. And with some, a simple reminder would help them to get back on track and begin to create more content or go into variations, create different types of, of medium uh, as far as, you know, maybe a written post could become an audio post or it could become a video or any of those things. We could take and we could repurpose content that you already had. But still, there's a steady supply of new content that needs to come in. Not only do your your, your website visitors, in this case your your clients, your customers, the prospects that are wanting to know more about what you do, not only do they enjoy learning and having availability of new things, but you know what, the search engine, the online environment, especially in the local side of search engine optimization, content is is very key, and it's really fun to dominate a local market with online content, with digital link, with digital video and digital audio. Well, the thing was, the raw materials to create this content stopped coming in, and really what happened was those brand new, fully optimized, bright, shiny websites that they ended up having very little content published on them. There wasn't a lot there. I, I mean, to say that you could hear crickets chirp when you visited their sites, that would be generous. And that's not good. That's, that's not good at all because you're wanting to put together what you're doing on the offline business world and integrate that with an online presence and really strengthen the entire structure of the business. So not having fresh content coming in just was was a killer. It, it wasn't doing any anyone any good. So after a little bit of time passed, uh, objectives started to go unmet. And the positive results that we were showing early on for clients they slowed down, and in some cases, they stopped. But fortunately, I was able to, along with my team, do some coaching with these business owners and help them get more focused, help them come up with more uh, more ways to implement the strategy that is required in creating content. And, you know, that includes email. You know, we're talking about email intimacy here. And that's really part of an integrated structure in an online business presence is email. It's probably one of the most powerful systems, if not the most powerful system, that you can leverage online. You know, and I don't tell anybody that. that that's probably a secret. But anyway, we help some of these owners get back on track with creating content. And really, it was good to see that they were getting on board. And we picked up some clients that, hey, you know what? They wanted us to create content for them. Well, that's okay. Like I said earlier, that's one of the highest billable things that that we offer. In fact, that's where Digital Content Alchemy came from. The business that I own and operate now is kind of a, a, a growth from that offline online uh, business days in creating content and that I've been creating content for others in the online space for a long time now. So some of the owners started to put their own content together and they were doing really good with it. Very powerful, very powerful stuff indeed. And like I said, other owners saw that it was more to their advantage to pay to have content created because, you know, for example, they could invest a dollar in a quality piece of content for every dollar that they invest 
invested. I'm not saying we did content for a dollar, but they they for every dollar that they invested in content, in quality content, that dollar invested had the potential to bring two or three or four dollars or even more in brand new revenue through that owner's door, either virtually if they had an online store, if their business catered to an online store environment, or simply bringing more customers through their door or making their telephone ring. So that dollar invested in quality content has that kind of potential to double, triple, quadruple, and even more when the content thing gets right. So even though that their their content efforts got better and they they kept getting better, they started producing more content, more posts, they started writing more things. And, you know, with some help, with some coaching, with some consulting, those things started to get to the point where it made sense to many of these owners. And the content creation that once paralyzed their business didn't paralyze them anymore, except for one part. There was still one part of creating content that that business owner, it, it was like they hit a brick wall when it, cre- when it came to creating this kind of content. And that was creating email content. Here they were moving right along, humming right along in the, in the, inter- in the online marketing areas, making things work and making things work with what they were doing offline. But yet they refused to leverage the most intimate customer and client content tool ever created online and that's email so when it came to their email the the their content the their content pipelines dried up they weren't communicating in a regular basis one-on-one and that's the most beautiful part about the intimacy of email i can send you an email and it shows up in your inbox addressed to you very intimate space where I have your attention. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if you open my email. If you see me in your inbox and you see that subject line, that that has power. That has presence. But many of these owners, they, they were very leery of doing email, which was kind of weird because a lot of them have been doing email for a, a lot of time before that, even before they had businesses. Like I said, it's an old, older digital content uh, technology, you know, they've, they've used it. But to be able to carry on a conversation and really what a lot of them came to have the confusion around was what the, what the email was for. And email was to do one thing and do one thing very well, and that was to further the conversation that they started with the marketing content that they were already creating. It was just a way to continue the conversation. It was a way to bring people up to date on something. It was a way to announce a special, a promotion. It was a way to, you know, to stay in contact. And you know what? The ability of that person who received the email to hit reply and respond back to that business owner, my gosh, there again, that intimacy comes into play, that intimacy that is so so absolutely necessary, especially in today's internet marketing. If you're online and you're marketing, you better learn how to get intimate. You better learn how to not only be social, but you better learn how to how to carry conversations through, how to listen. And there's no better medium for doing that than email. That's why I refer to it as the most intimate of the digital content mediums. 
it is the most intimate. It is showing up in a personal space for one person, even if it's a, uh, even if it's something that is an autoresponder blast or a mass mailing, it is still intimate. It still shows up one at a time in each individual inbox. Now, what really brought on the fear for these business owners was not knowing that, not knowing that all that that email was was just a way to carry on the conversation. And it's really a great point in, uh, or a great example of knowing, uh, knowing what you don't know and how deadly that it can be to a business. And that's uh, a, a big part of email, that digital content side of email. Because email somehow seemed to many of these owners to have really a big, scary story behind it. And it was somehow about more than a conversation. And I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not here to analyze that. But you know what? That story, that fear that they had around email. And I would see business owners actually, you could see the fear come over their faces when you were talking to them about putting a promotion together for email and letting them understand that, hey, over the next two weeks, we're going to send an email to your list, to your subscribers. We're going to send an email to your subscribers every single day. Oh, my gosh. You would see the horror come over the, the owner's face as they thought, oh, well, no, I can't do that. I can't do that at all. But it's like, wait a minute. We've got permission to communicate with these people by email. They know you. They like you. They trust you. They have done business with you. And some of them are getting ready to do business with you. Doesn't it make sense that we keep adding value to them? And there again, there were a few who understood, who realized that they were uncomfortable and fearful of something, but they said, hey, Mark, go ahead and do it anyway. And it worked. It got the word out. In some cases, it doubled and tripled the traffic that came in for a promotion. You know, and that was huge in the local market. That that was absolutely huge success. But still others stayed afraid of it, and they kept telling themselves that big, scary story of the email monster. When it's not, it's a very comfortable, intimate, wonderful way that you can actually communicate from one person to another. But like I said, don't tell anybody else that. It's kind of a secret. We'll just keep it between you and me that that's what it is. There's something that I've noticed in email marketing uh, here within the last several months, or probably over a year, maybe two years, and the idea of getting someone on your subscriber list, and there there are ethical, wonderful ways to do that, which the, one of the biggest is that you offer something of a very high value to that prospect in, in exchange for their email address and their name so that you can add them to your subscriber list. And then once you have that subscriber on that list, they, they, become, they become the next best thing to a buying customer because you've got that intimacy building with them through that email relationship, through that conversation that you're creating that is really doing nothing more than enhancing the marketing content that you're creating, or maybe it's enhancing the e-learning content that you're creating, or maybe it's enhancing the course 
content that you've created, or maybe it's enhancing that digital information product that you created, but it's that conversation that's going on. And one of the things that I've noticed lately is that marketers will come up with just a great lead magnet, okay, a lead magnet, something that gets people into an interested level that you're offering them something for free. I do it on Digital Content Alchemy with the uh, with the mini e-course that I offer. And, you know, some of those things are compelling enough that people will say, yeah, I want to know more about that. Here's my name. Here's my email address. Let me have your free thing. Well, that person then goes on an email list. And let me ask you this. Who's more important? The people on your email subscriber list who have trusted you enough with that exchange, giving you their email in return for something of value, or the people who are your friends, your fans, or your followers on social media spaces? And the reason I bring it up that way is because I've noticed a lot of these high-end marketers, and these are people that I'm on their I'm on their email list, I'm on their subscriber list, and at one time I felt that was kind of special, because they treated those people on their list, on their private subscriber list, a little differently than they did the people on their social media connections. You know, whether it be Facebook friends or Twitter followers, whatever it is, they treated those email subscribers with a reverence, with a more encompassing, let me put my arms around you, you mean more to me. And they would offer things to people on their email list that they didn't offer in the social networks. They would tell people on their email list about something new and exciting coming up first before they rolled it out to the social media. But now that's kind of turned around. I'm seeing more and more of those trusted marketers, high-level marketers, who are now putting things out there in the social media spaces. They're putting their announcements and things out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Google+. They're putting it out in those spaces and then three or four days later, sometimes, usually a day or two later, you'll get an email about what they were just promoting on the social networks. Now, if you see any of these people on the social networks and they send you the email, you know what? They're sending you something you've already seen. They're also sending you something that says, oh, hey, remember, I thought you were my most valuable person because you were a subscriber. Well, I don't think that anymore. I think these people over here that are my followers or my friends on Facebook or Twitter, they're more important than you now. And those people didn't even have to sign up on an email to get your super duper whatever it was. So that's that's kind of a sticking point. I hope that's making some sense for you. Uh, you know, let it let it marinate a little bit because I want you to understand when you get people on your subscriber list. Treat them like the people that they are. They trust you. Give them, uh, give them at least give them in advance what you're going to be putting out on social media. Give it to your email subscribers before you float it out in the social networks. And I know it's easy to, to post a link up on Facebook or a link on Twitter or a link on G Plus or any of those other places, LinkedIn, wherever it may be. But you know what? Show some respect for your subscribers and it's a, uh, it's a, if it's of that kind of intimate value, make sure that they understand how valued they are by sharing it with them first in an email. 
and then do the social media thing. Now, that's a different story. If somebody signed up to get your blog updates, that's different. But if someone has opted into your list to receive something of value from you, then they have a certain amount of trust there. Honor that trust and give them first dibs on what it is that you're promoting or what it is that you're talking about. Make that relationship special in the in the subscriber side of things. And I really think that's about all I want to cover with this podcast. Thank you for hanging in. Thank you for listening. Apologies again for being a day late here. I'll put some links in the show notes to some email service providers that if you're not using an email uh, service provider yet, and, and I'm talking about something that will automate the email for you so that you can send to an entire audience at once and in uh, a couple of the things there. I'll cover a, a few things in the show notes around AWeber, which is one of the better paid services out there, which isn't expensive. Is the reason I, I recommend it and share it with people. A couple of free choices, one called Mad Mimi, which I'm actually going to test out on the digital content alchemy space and see how that works as an email uh, service. But it comes highly recommended, and it looks easy to use, so it can be easy for me to recommend to people who are going to be taking care of their own websites and their own blogs and those things. And then another one that's been around for a while called MailChimp, which is also free and has a forever free plan. So you know, I'll add those in the show notes and anything that, uh, that I've covered here. Thank you, as always, for listening. This is Mark Horn, and for Content Alchemy, I'll hear you next week. Mm-hmm.